0: Hey guys, thanks for joining me for another episode of What's Goody with Blue Jay. As you all know, I'm Blue Jay. For those of you who are listening for the first time, welcome to my podcast, and I hope you enjoy it. Um this week I'm talking about First of all, I know it's Saturday and I didn't um, put out a episode yesterday. Usually post one on Friday. I posted one today because this week has been hectic and stupid and just needs to be better. <laughs> like I'm just personally going through a lot right now and um yeah, but I will still be posting on Friday. Um actually I looked at my analytics on SoundCloud and most of my listeners listen on Sunday. I really haven't checked other platforms that my podcast is on, I'm also on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and a few others. I forget the name right now. But this week I want to talk about Rastafari. Rastafarian. Uh, I want to talk about the movement, um, the belief. Jamaica does not consider it a religion. Um, and a lot of Rastas don't consider it a religion. Um, more so a way of life, not even necessarily a belief, because they know what they believe, <laughs> so they don't call it a belief. Um, so I was inspired to talk about this, not because I'm Jamaican, but because I saw J. Cole, I saw an image of J. Cole on the internet, and as you may know, he he's growing out his hair. His hair is in free form. Russ dreadlocks so it doesn't he's not like he doesn't doesn't look like he goes to the hairdresser and gets them all like you know perfectly like lined up and stuff like that they're just naturally going wherever they go so when I saw that I was inspired to really research the culture um even as a Jamaican I don't I didn't really know what it was, how it started, and how it is today. Um, I remember when I did live in Jamaica, when I was very young, um, people sort of discriminated against them. Anytime you saw somebody with dreads or somebody who people knew to be a Rasta, they would call him a Madman. So as I was reading up on this, I saw like a lot of articles about them being discriminated against, and I was like, "Ah, that's very true, because I remember, (laughs) like, living there as a young person, as a young child, um, feeling that discrimination, seeing it, um, not understanding it, but seeing it, so, um, so it was basically, I would say Rastafar, what do you, we even call Rastafarian, um, started in the 1930s, officially. Um, actually, it was, I believe, November 3rd, 1930, um, with the coronation of Haley Selassie. So, um, Rastas believed Marcus Garvey was a prophet. So, this started in, like, colonial Jamaica. So, we were not independent yet. Um, it was still, like, British people in the government, and... Norman Manley, Edward Saga was his name, Siaga, and um, I believe they're they're they are of Syrian descent. So, you know, that whole time was very tumultuous, um, as it like inherently would be. <laughs> so, um, it started with the coronation of him. Um, Rastas believed Marcus Garvey was a prophet in America. Marcus Garvey was um, spreading the word of going back to Africa and that whole mission. So they really, people, Rastas at the time, weren't even really Rastas. They just believed in going back to Jamaica. They were tired of the oppression. Um, They were tired of white colonialism um they were second class citizens they were part of the diaspora they were foreigners essentially in their homeland they believed in going back to africa um so the rasta's motto is unity and love of all black people self-reliance self-awareness and self-confidence uh rastas believe In I and I, you probably heard that in songs like I and I. I and I is basically um, acknowledging uh, your spiritual self and your physical self. Um, They believe in the whole Trinity. Um, So, some uh, Marcus Garvey and others saw Haley Selassie's crowning as a prophecy um, so they took his croning very seriously, uh, they felt he was, they believed he was the black messiah, and God reincarnated, um, so it really started, the movement really started with Leonard Howell, he was a follower of Marcus Garvey, um, and he was a member of the INIA, um, He denounced the white rendition of the Bible. He believed Christ had been reincarnated as a black man, Haile Selassie. Uh, He was the first to say, Rastafari is God. So Howell grew marijuana as a cash crop in Pinnacle, which is a commune in St. Catherine, which I believe is no more. I may be wrong. Um, So weed became synonymous with Rastafari. So this is where they settled because a lot of them were ostracized. Um, Pinnacle was the first self-sustaining community in colonial Jamaica, with an economy based off of ganja and agriculture. So, the government thought Rastas were madmans and call them blackheart, which um, people, which is people who um, participate in black magic. Um, so, I talked earlier about how I saw that sort of stereotype and discrimination. So, uh, Howell denounced, he was denounced by the white government. They thought his message of a black messiah and his pro-blackness would destabilize the country and other countries would influence other countries, especially in the Caribbean. So, of course, they're gonna throw dirt on his name and everything. And he was admitted into a mental asylum. So, yeah, that was, that's crazy. <laughs> um... So they lived in these communes basically because they were discriminated against. So um, dreadlocks became associated with militancy in colonial Jamaica. One time, a group of 30-plus Rastas were arrested in 1916 in an alleged plot to take over the government. Um, Reverend Claudius Henry wrote Castro and wanted him, asked for him, pleaded for him to invade Jamaica to free them from their oppressors. Um, so the colonial government intercepted that letter and feared that Cuba would actually invade. Um, so they um, asked for assistance from other countries, including America. Um, so that guy that I mentioned before, Reverend Claudius Henry, he went to Jamaica and preached Rastafari. Um, idols, idols. I can't tell <laughs> (laughs) ideals um so he was eventually arrested um his son and six other men went to go free him and in the process they were ambushed um they actually i'm sorry they ambushed a few british soldiers and killed two of the soldiers that escaped reported to norman manley when manley found out he went on national radio and said anytime you see two or more rastas together report them so yeah that discrimination heightened like crazy. And essentially, that's really what started it, like full force. Um, the government gathered up Rastas to put them in jail. Um, a high authority said, if you can't fit them at Bogue Bog Hill, which is a cemetery, uh, if you can't fit them in the jails, then throw them at Bogue Hill, which is a cemetery. So basically saying, kill them. Um, so the prime minister wanted them dead or alive. It was just like rounding them up. Um, essentially like a small genocide. I don't want to say small because I don't know the exact numbers. So I know a lot of people lost their lives because of their beliefs. So in 1966, Haley Selassie visited Jamaica, which gave Rasta's credibility. Um, thousands of people were at the airport when he arrived. Um, he told... Uh, Ross says in high authority, I guess, that that ma- they must continue the movement and that they need to centralize and organize. So him visiting Jamaica sort of gave that movement credibility. Um, so it started to spread more throughout the island. Um, a lot of, one of their beliefs, like I said before, was like going back to Africa. Um, so someone pointed out, in a video that I was watching that Jews got reparations, why not black people? They believe the journey back should cost nothing because their journey to the diaspora nations was against their will. Um one thing that I noticed is that they Rastas do like a lot of chanting and like playing of the drum. So playing of the drum, beating the drum, um so when you do that the sound Waves go into the earth um, and then sort of bounce back and are in the air. So that makes contact with the Almighty. Um, So Rasta culture definitely influenced music. You have people like um, Sizzla, um, Bob Marley, his sons, um, who are all Rasta. A whole bunch of I Wayne, a whole bunch of reggae artists are Rasta. Um, so, from the 1930s until the mid-1970s, most Rastafarians accepted the traditional Rastafari belief. But in 1973, Joseph Owens published a more modern approach to Rastafari beliefs today. Um, so, today some Rastafarians don't believe Haile Selassie was a god. So, Haile Selassie is regarded as... An emperor who led the charge to—I mean, he was an emperor who led the charge to modernize Ethiopia. He was credited as making Ethiopia a good environment for foreign investors. He visited the sick and those not financially well off. Um, he also, I believe, had something to do with the Hararas. I might be—I'm probably butchering that. But their um, ethnic cleansing. a group in. Ethiopia or close to and or Somalia um so I haven't done much research on him but I'm sure he he did good and bad um but Rastafarians look at him they saw him as the black messiah when Marcus Garvey um implicitly stated that um Jesus or God was going to be reincarnated as a black man he actually created a play and that came out in the play. He never explicitly said, "A black messiah will come." Like he never said that, but in his play, that's what happened. So that was prophesized, right? with um, Hele Selassie's coronation. So upon his coronation, he was named Hele Selassie, meaning "power of Trinity. Uh, in Ethiopia, there's a biblical relationship between his monarchy. And the Jewish King Solomon, King Solomon. Uh, They believe, Rastafarians believe, that his family line are descendants of Queen Sheba and King Solomon. And Queen Sheba is said to be from Ethiopia or Yemen, and she was a very wise woman. And it's said that she traveled to um, Israel to see King Solomon to learn of his wisdom or test his wisdom, gauge his wisdom, probably. And they're saying that she was a very attractive woman and that they created um, a child together. And I believe it was, I'm I'm probably butchering it. Somebody tell me if I'm wrong, but the McConan line. That's probably wrong. (laughs) I think so, guys. But basically, that child is a descendant of, um, that child is a, what do you call it? And an ancestor, an ancestor of Um, Haley Selassie. Um, so, but he discredited this whole belief. A whole bunch of people thought that commoners, really, peasants, people thought that he was this black messiah. Um, actually, Rastafarians really believe that, but in Ethiopia, they believed that he um, was of um, what you call it, he, was, he did come from, you know, King Solomon. Um, So, spiritual, religious lineage. Um, But he discredited this to his friends in power, (laughs) uh, to the international leaders. Um, He discredited that whole story. But he kept it on as to have a hold on commoners in his country. And definitely that influence in Jamaica, he wanted to keep going. So... He actually wrote a constitution voluntarily. Um, He was the first African country in the League of Nations, now the United Nations. Um, He created a judiciary system, um, but gave most of the power to him, obviously. Uh, He sent uh, Ethiopians to Europe to get an education to modernize the country. So they basically, Rastafarians basically believe most of them, the original ones, and also the original ones were called Nayaman or Nayamen. And they believed in I'm um, sorry. They believed um Naya Bingi. Naya Bingi. Uh, they they were called Nayamen because in Uganda there was a um, a woman leader named Mu, Muhamasa. Muhamasa in the 19th century. Um, she inspired a movement and rebelled against African colonial authorities, particularly Germans, that occupied Uganda, Rwanda. Um, so Naya Bingahi was a legendary Ugandan-Rwandan tribe queen, and she's said to have possessed... A Ugandan woman named Mahumasa. Mahumasa is the one that led that movement against African colonial authorities. Um, so the first Rasas were very, very in tune to what was going on in Africa. They wanted to go to Africa, they felt like foreigners in Jamaica. So they listened to black leaders at that time, like Marcus Garvey, and really felt and encompassed these beliefs of um, um, uplifting the black culture um, and and sort of wanting to realize a black king, right? Haile Selassie. So I a lot of people still say today that, you know, you shouldn't really deal with Rastas or whatever. Or they even make jokes like, oh, you're Rasta if somebody's hair is dreaded up. And it's sort of like a tease. And I think that's wrong. Now, do I believe that uh, Haile Selassie um, comes from, is a descendant of Queen Sheba and, and King Solomon? Do I believe he's God? He might be, I don't know. Do I believe, though, that he's gotten reincarnated? Not so much. <laughs> I can't I can't sit there and say, yes, I believe that. Because I don't. One, I don't know enough about the culture of the movement. Two, I don't know enough about Orthodox Christianity. I don't know a lot about Haley Selassie and, and his whole lineage and Ethiopia's um, history. It is said to be the oldest civilization, so. I mean, I don't know. I, I always think Christianity is Something, like, I would like to take a class for. Maybe I can take one of those free online, like, Yale classes or something. Um, But, uh, yeah. So, that was my whole rendition of it. Oh, so, in terms of their hair. um, So, when you see somebody, there's a difference between, like, dreadlocks that are freeform and dreadlocks that are, like, fine-tuned and all that. Perfectly placed. I enjoy the freeform kind. Because so I think it's absolutely beautiful when your hair just knots up into this this, this thing. And you don't really comb it and it just goes wherever. It's literally a style. And it's aesthetically pleasing, in my opinion. However, the reason for it is even more appealing to me. Because a lot of times in, in black culture, wherever you are, particularly in America... There's this idea of the black person has to tame their hair. I, and this is one of the reasons why they rebelled against this colonial government and believed in this whole like blackness and unity of blackness is because they were tired of their identity being taken away from them. 100% agree. Right now, my identity is taken away from me. Good thing you have things like Ancestry.com and 23andMe where you can sort of trace your roots but if it weren't for that so many people for thousands of years have have no sense of who they are where they come from i don't consider myself who's i don't look at myself as necessarily a jamaican yes that's what i am but i would i identify more as like okay i'm not an african but that is where my lineage is from jamaica Everywhere in the Caribbean, America, Brazil, Colombia, all these other South American countries, there were just stops. Who you really are is of African descent. Everybody's supposed to be from Africa, they say, but that's a whole different podcast episode. <laughs> um, But like I said, I definitely do. I think... There are a lot of things that I can take from that culture and apply it to my life. Like, I totally believe in that whole I and I situation, like your spiritual self and your physical self. I I do kind of believe that there is a God within you. Um, Your consciousness is such a great thing. Like, separate that from your physical form, your consciousness, your spirit is kind of who you are, right? so there are some things that I can take from it like the hair um I went off on a tangent but what I was gonna say is like in work environments if you go on an interview and you have freeform dreadlocks they're gonna look at you like you're wild you're disorganized you're crazy and all of this when in fact you're just being natural (laughs) you know what I'm saying um so that's pretty crazy to me um So I do appreciate J. Cole and, you know, him just doing that whole freeform dreadlock thing. And I don't know if he's growing out to be long. He might have cut it. Um, Rastafarians don't believe in cutting your hair. Um, They look at your hair sort of like your crown. Um, Please let me know if I'm wrong in that because I didn't, I never like double check that. Um, But definitely growing your dreadlocks form was definitely a retort to um, white colonizers saying be this way be that way um, in the media and all of that so um do i have anything more to say about it i totally agree with some of the principles that they have of course i believe in black progression black love black unity um i love the whole idea about your hair and, and growing it out in free form Um, I and I, I totally agree with that. Um, So anyways, if you guys have anything to add about Rastafarians and their whole culture, I'm really interested in knowing more about how they are today and some of their beliefs today, how has it changed and stuff like that. So if anybody knows, write a comment, let me know. All right, so now we are going to review one of my favorite songs, um, and it definitely pertains to this week's topic of Rastafarians. So we're going to review Sizzla, Sizzla Kalonji's um, Praise Jah, and the Emperor uh, 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 King of Kings. All right. So let's get into it. But first, let's listen to the intro. I
1: ain't in been- until the throne was cast down yeah. I'm the ancient of days King Haley Selassie. I you know, with white as
0: snow. His ear is pure, is wool. Pre- All right, so let's get into the meaning of the intro. So I'm not exactly sure what the beginning means. Um what I gather is that he witnessed the Black Messiah from the ancient days, reincarnated as King Haile Selassie. I. I know that he's black because his hair is like wool and he is pure like the white garments he's wearing. So in Revelations, Jesus is described as having a head and hair, white like snow and wool. So many interpret this as Jesus being, well, some interpret this as, as Jesus being of African descent. Most religions, however, like Jehovah Witnesses, believe that this is a misconception because the scripture talks about color and Like wool could be a representation of the color. So now let's get into the hook. hook is praising Heli Selassiei and the I is what I believe to be in reference to Rasta's having a God within themselves. Um, It's also saying hail him he's here declaring that he is the emperor of peace and that we have to express his praises to the fullness. Jah that always been he always has been the messiah and the true messiah says. So now let's get into verse one. You Rastafari,
1: we are praised. King Celestia, you always. Oh, yes, just <coughs> like us.
0: was pretty jam-packed so in verse one he goes just like a shamba so shamba means lion in shana a zimbabwe language so to me this says just like a lion he's not going to denounce selesia name he also compares himself to martin luther king and malcolm x saying he is a black leader like them by declaring and malcolm x or martin luther this assisla he talks to white oppressors and says, I am where, I am here, excuse me. Uh, we are here to out trick all of your tricks. White oppression killed Bob Marley, who he describes as a prophet. He also asks, why don't you kill your own? Um, why you don't kill those standing on your pulpits? Pulpits, you use them to steer the minds of the youth. For so long, Christianity has been the driving force to the oppression of black people with verses in the Bible that state slaves should treat their masters like gods. So this, of course, arises Uncle Tom's. And then he goes, as they preach, the youth cease from knowing the truth. Hence, this generation of so much information, but not necessarily the right information. He also says, I see how you're constantly building churches, but you ought to defend the slackness as usual. Rasta mix up with homo he's saying that you build churches with false prophets those that are content with homosexuality but his beliefs Rastas believe homosexuality is a real sin and now let's get
1: into verse 2 make your brain
0: second verse was also a really good verse so in this verse he affirms once again as to drill it in your mind that Jesus was black and so were his disciples he says this is a real uh, this is real teach the youth this information again he affirms who Jesus is I know him as the Nazarite the offspring of King David Celestia the first no condemn Selassie, Iliad, Earth's rightful ruler. He's from the same line. Once again, solidifying Selassie as the one and only God. So I hope you guys enjoyed my review. I hope you enjoyed learning about Rastafarians and their that whole movement. And like I said, if anyone knows, I haven't done that much research in the group now. I don't even know how much, how many Rastafarians there are. But if someone could comment and let me know, that'd be great. Anyways, I'm going to do some research on my own too. But I'd love for you guys to comment on anything that you know on the podcast on this episode. Once again, I hope you guys have an amazing week. Happy holidays. Till next time.